is going to be the official launch of the Whitetail Experience podcast. We've done some testing phases as far as on YouTube. And kind of to get things started, I, I think we should go back and look at who the Whitetail Experience is, how we got started, and maybe what direction uh, this potential podcast is going to take. Um, the Whitetail Experience is obviously a brand that kind of started it as far as a group of guys that wanted to film their hunt, uh, hunting public ground, running gun style. Uh, we've been doing this now, oh, I think four years. Um, so we've got a, a handful of films out there on YouTube, and that's just how it started. And then that channel uh, evolved, and, and who we are kind of evolved. Obviously, we're on Instagram and Facebook. Um, at the Whitetail Experience, uh, black, orange, the white logo. Uh, definitely look us up there. But, you know, we had, we kind of hit the public land boom back about four years ago, and we had the experience and decided we were going to start filming our hunt. Uh, Dave, in particular, had knocked down a couple good bucks. I think I was more just starting to really dive into to advanced level whitetail hunting at that time. And, it's been a, a cool evolution. You can definitely check us out on YouTube and just see the growth and production um, and just kind of the direction we've taken. We, uh, we've got videos on there as far as like step aiders, stick stand height test, uh, gear reviews, a couple quick tactics, scouting type videos as well. Uh, so, so, so a handful of content, but it all kind of centers around public land hunting, mobile hunting, um, we do dabble a little bit in private, but that's like 1%, 2% of what we do. I personally have access. My family's got 18 acres, but I hunted it twice this year and haven't killed a buck off that place in several years. Um, so as far as the direction of the podcast, obviously podcasting is becoming super popular and there's definitely a lot of guys out there doing it. And, um, We've been guests on several podcasts, and it's been an awesome experience. I, I, I just love talking whitetails. I love uh, hearing how guys are getting it done, especially in, in just different manners. Just, just I love the little takeaways that I can add to my um, hunting arsenal. And I kind of geek out on, say, um, tactics and, and strategies, and that's, that's kind of what I'm all about. I, I really... Um, I feel like I'm in the evolution stage as my bow hunting career, you know, starting to knock down bucks on a good bucks on a consistent basis. And, um, so this is probably going to be centered around, um, oh, public land hunting, cool tactics, strategies, thoughts around gear and, and, and really kind of take our perspective from what we've done built as far as a video brand and put it into podcast form. Um, so that's kind of the direction I hope to take this as far as a, um, Oh, how often we're going to put these out. I'd almost imagine one every two weeks, maybe three or four. Um, we are busy guys. We, we all are family guys at this point and uh, work a nine to five. And then we got all these other interests uh, on top of it. Um, I myself do uh, some production work for, for Lone Wolf Custom Gear and uh, XOP um, as far as photos, videos, um, anything of that nature. And, and now I've got the editing project of the Whitetail Addictions um, 2019 season. So I'll be editing hunts and getting those to YouTube for Lone Wolf custom gear. Um, so that's me, I guess, uh, backing things up. This is Byron Horton. Um, 
and uh, I uh, guess me and my co-host to be David Ebright are kind of the founders of the Whitetail Experience um, out of Columbus, Ohio. Here, do a decent amount of of, of whitetail hunting, um, kind of that year-round approach. Um, you can kind of probably get a better feel for who we are based on our, our Instagram and, and um, YouTube channel, and kind of show a little bit of who we are and some past experiences. But uh, kind of today's discussion, I want to go ahead and jump into that at this point, is a, a kind of a recap of February, March scouting, shed hunting, what we've done in these months to uh, to essentially prepare and get, get ready for, for next year. Um, starting things off, I'd like to kind of talk about, like I feel when I went from, from oh, scouting a handful of days in, in, in the off season to really diving in and scouting like I'm hunting, you know, like Saturday and Sunday. If I can get out for three hours, I go. If the wife, she's a nurse, she works, best believe I'm, I just put in, oh, 16 miles over two days this past weekend. And uh, that's really been key for, for myself as far as oh, gaining uh, multiple good spots and, and kind of just being in tune with a couple of these public pieces and uh, just my success rate and my encounter rate um, just skyrocketed when I really started taking the months of January to March very seriously. Um, might even argue those are, are the months I'm killing my bucks in because of, uh, of the boot work there. Um, at this point in my career, I kind of feel like I, I, I do... I kind of have a narrower focus. I used to try and scout way too many pieces and be everywhere. And now it's, it's okay. Let me, let me select two to three pieces. Um, I'd say four, four pieces, two to three of those are kind of my primary. And then I've got a couple backup plans that I've, I've, I've poked around in, but, uh, I used to want to scout like six, eight pieces and I was just stretching myself too thin. I feel like, um, that being said, I start really as soon as I get the green light, um, whether I, I fill a buck tag or the schedule allows, um, I, I will scout as early as December and I found sheds then too. So it's not like, you know, you can't stumble across an antler. I found some match set in a, in a big woods environment a couple of years ago, scouting in late December. And, um, I just feel it's, it's very critical to to the public land hunter. You, and and re-scouting areas is something that, that I'm doing more and more of uh, just because I'm kind of narrowing my search. But you can kind of tell, oh, year over year, these areas that are that are hot again or, you know, you, you kind of see stuff um, ebb and flow. And some of the ground you walk the, um, this year, you can you kind of get a beat, okay? I feel like there's a... Um, a quality buck in the area, Pope and Young level plus, and uh, other years you can walk that same piece, and and you're just like I don't, I don't, I don't get the sense a, a big one was in there, and and that comes with time and experience, but um, you know, a lot of that is looking at at, at rubs and tracks and the amount of deer shit. Um, I'm somebody that really keys in. I feel like on bedding areas, and I'm looking for multiple piles of poop and a high stem count area in the big woods or farm country, you know, I'm, I'm scouting these places where I feel like, um, multiple does can be held up and, uh, I can get away from the pressure. That's, that's a huge factor in scouting. You can kind of assess, uh, areas that maybe you 
see a couple new ladder stands in or you find some I found a crossbow bolt the other day um, and then moved about three or four hundred yards deeper essentially into the main access um, and and sure enough that's where I found the buck sign the, the bird dog pulled out a, a a solid shed that you know that buck was 130 plus I feel and uh, you know I was able to gauge even though the habitat was really good up front there but finding a crossbow bolt two ladder stands I kind of said mm, you know there's clearly a either somebody walking that far, but I kind of feel it's coming off the private land that borders the, the public there. Um, anyways, like, uh, kind of talking about, oh, you know, this scouting, this off season, something that, that Dave wanted me to bring up, um, is the difference between say scouting and shed hunting. And in recent years, I've, I've found more sheds last year. Um, this year I'm 50 miles in and just picked up my first, um, true, 15-ish of those miles have been, um, oh, probably before the end of January, so, so it's not like a lot of bucks, um, especially this year, have dropped. Uh, I just, I know a couple more guys with cell cams and guys that really are dialed on whitetails with the addictions crew, and, and they've, they've said the, the deer this year tend to be holding um, much later. Um, so I did focus, I feel like, more on, on big woods because those bucks tend to shed earlier. And uh, still no antlers for me um, until this last weekend. Um, but scouting versus shed hunting. Scouting, you know, is, is I feel like it's um, more of a broader approach. You're not necessarily going to narrow in on, on areas that you're going to find sheds. If I'm scouting, I, I, can, I can go to pinch points. Um, I can go to early season food sources. I can look at, at creek crossing, ditches, big terrain funnels. I can look at stuff that's going to allow me to, say, kill bucks in the rut, early October, stuff like that. Um, I'm, 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 you know, scouting. I may walk edges of, of public if it was a new piece. Um, I may, I, I will definitely cover ground a little quicker and easier. Um, when I scout, I tend to move much faster and really only stop to really gauge a, a pinch point and truly pick the best stand and then uh, marking it on on X and uh, something I do a lot more now than say three or four years ago. I'm leaving a lot of notes about that tree. Hey, this is the maple next to the pine, uh, small beach in front, or I'm leaving stuff as there should be three trails uh, within 10 yards of this, this cedar. Um, sometimes if it's small trees, one, two sticks high is in the notes. Bottom line, when I'm scouting, I'm definitely moving much quicker. When I'm shed hunting, it's like I literally bust butt to areas of concentration that I feel hold sheds. And a lot of that is, um, Eastern facing ridges and big woods, um, with areas of high stem count. I tend to sweep any sort of clear cuts or kind of forestry, you know, where you can tell logging's been done at some point. And uh, southern facing slopes, obviously, um, if it's big ridge country, I'm not really walking bottoms or the exact tops, but more that that slightly down on points. Oh, points is something I really will, will go to. And, and, you know, I feel like maps, maps, show general terrain features, but sometimes boots on the ground, you can pick up on that little point that maybe isn't even shown in a topo or on a topo, it looks almost like, you know, nothing crazy. And, uh, sure enough, your boots on the ground, you're like, oh, that point definitely gives you a visual advantage. I feel like a lot 
a lot of my sheds are locations that allow bucks to get a good visual advantage, especially in the big woods. Um, farm country, not so much. I think the dogs have found more of my sheds in, in, in farm country. So like sometimes they come running back and I, I don't necessarily see where that shed was laying. Um, farm country, I feel like I find sheds more based on where rabbit hunters haven't been. Um, obviously you're looking at winter bedding type habitat, grasses, um, stuff like that. But, but big woods, um, traditionally you don't have the rabbit pressure. Um, so I, I tend to just walk eastern facing ridges looking down and then the rest of the time I try to switch to scouting mode which um, if, if you take a oh if you take a concentrated effort that can happen you can you can definitely um, oh do both but you do have to at least you know make a mental note every time like okay let's shift and let's look start looking at scouting where I'm looking at rubs I'm looking at ambush points I'm looking at food sources um, oaks, browse, anything of that nature. Um, versus when I'm shed hunting, eyes are low. I tend to not look at, at, at stuff as much. I, I don't look for um, deer poop or tracks as much when I'm just strictly looking for sheds. And to be honest, like I don't even think I'd necessarily look for, for hard to see sheds. I'm, I'm just looking for good ones. Um, we don't find, we see a lot of four pointers when hunting, like small bucks, hundred inchers, but um, I would say most of our sheds are bucks of kind of that hundred inch plus, and a lot of them tend to be decent, at least at this point. Um, you know, I don't find those 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 one and a half year old bucks, those year you know yearling bucks sheds, maybe because I just I'm walking past them. Um, so yeah. Um, other than that, I kind of wanted to keep this first podcast uh, a little shorter. Um, Obviously, I'm testing audio stuff, uh, kind of fumbling through this whole process. Uh, the coronavirus has allowed me to work from home a little bit, and I'm, I'm fairly new to the job and have limited uh, responsibilities there right now, so I'm figuring some of this stuff out. But, uh, you know, I would, I would, you know, we've, we've learned a lot doing stuff from a photography, videography standpoint, and so um, podcasting is just a, an easy, quick, uh, love to talk deer hunting. It's, it's just a, a nice way to get out. Um, information that, that I think um, guys out there are, are definitely going to relate if they're hunting Ohio, if they're hunting oh, kind of a Midwestern type state, um, and they're hunting public land, but yet they have a job that might make us a touch more relatable than, say, the hunting public, because um, those guys' job is to, to do what they do. Um, not saying that's bad or good, but uh, I'd love to be able to do that at some point, but, uh, for now still got the nine to five. Um, so I think I'm going to go ahead and wrap this guy up. And, uh, as far as look for maybe a, a few more of these over the next couple weeks and, uh, team hard earned bucks. We're out.